you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail hey, you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And congratulations goes out to True Sons. Speaking of True Sons, Mr. Kim English, former Missouri Tiger basketball player, of course, a great guard, a charismatic son of a gun. Well, he's now the head coach of George Mason University at the quite young age of 32 years old, right about the same age as Quinn Snyder was when he took over the Missouri basketball team, just for a little bit of perspective there. So, wow. Kim, quite the high riser in the in the coaching ranks. Unbelievable. Congratulations to him. And you know what? I have some thoughts on Kim English and, of course, some people in the fire Conzo Martin crowd are already wondering, hey, can we get him as a potential replacement in a couple years? So I have some thoughts on all that. But, of course, we have to first lead with Xavier Pinson deciding to enter the transfer portal. Now, for months, I've just assumed, based simply on what I've read around the Mizzou beat, that Xavier Pinson was unlikely to come back to Missouri next season. So when I heard that he was in the transfer portal, I can't say I was terribly surprised, and I also mostly assume that him entering the transfer portal is Pinson keeping his options open. Because from what I've heard, again, according to Gabe DeArmond mostly, apparently Xavier not necessarily the biggest fan of going to college in general, just the school part of it, right? Like he loves playing basketball, not necessarily the world's most enthusiastic student. Let's put it that way. So Xavier moving on to play professional basketball on some level, whether it's the NBA or more than likely, quite honestly, a two-way contract in the Gatorade League or overseas, of course, is an option as well, but you know what? Despite my initial thoughts, speaking of Gabe DeArmond, he was saying this morning on his message board, basically he's hearing a little bit of talk about Auburn reaching out to Pence and maybe trying to lure him south into the SEC, keeping him in that conference. And I got to be honest, that one would sting quite a bit. As a Missouri fan, I'd be a little bit butthurt if Xavier Pinson decides to transfer to Auburn. That would really hurt my feelings, to be perfectly honest with you. Now, I know I'm supposed to be in 2021. You're just supposed to be pro player, and by golly, these guys have the right to do whatever they want. And on some level, of course, I totally agree with that. And when I see people online saying that, oh, the transfer portal is going to ruin the sport, and these darn millennials, when things get too tough, they just enter the portal and, well, wait till they get to the real world and there's no transfer portal in real life, that kind of deal. Well, obviously, that's a little bit too far for me. I certainly am not against transferring just 100%. Look at a guy like Drew Smith, for instance. But Drew Smith is playing up a level. That's what he did. When he transferred from Evansville, he went from a mid-major to a high-major just like Julian Winfield did, just like Paul O'Linney did, just like many guys have done before. And you know what? I agree with everyone who says that, hey, if a coach can leave and transfer, not transfer, but just leave jobs and essentially transfer schools, 
without sitting out a season, get all the money they can possibly get? Well, why should a player have to sit out a season? Well, I totally agree with that. I don't have any way to refute that particular logic. And if you're upset with your role on the team, I can understand why a guy might transfer for that reason. Who knows, maybe Parker Brown will transfer this offseason. If he did, if he decided to go somewhere where he thought he could get more minutes, well, that would be an understandable reason to transfer. But when I look at Xavier Pinson's Instagram announcement that he was entering the transfer portal and leaving Mizzou, I was heartened to find that Kobe Brown, Jonte Porter, Torrance Watson, among others, were very supportive, showing him nothing but love in that comment section. But then I found a lot of also other fans who, I'm gl- again, I'm glad there weren't a lot of negative Mizzou fans in there. In fact, I didn't see any. I didn't see anybody you know, saying, oh, screw you, you're never a Tiger, all that kind of crap. I would never say anything like that to Xavier Pinson or support anyone who did say anything like that. But on the other hand, you've got these sycophantic people in his comments saying that, oh, you deserve better. I saw that 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 theme emerging a lot from the comment section from Xavier Pinson's post was that he deserved better. Well, let's actually take a look at that. Was Xavier Pinson screwed over in his Missouri career? I would say not. If you look at his recruiting rankings, he was about he wasn't even in the top 200. He was like about 250 something like that. So, really Conzo Martin kind of took a chance on Xavier Pinson. He was a guy with a quick first step and a waif thin. A, basically, he looks like a waif model in a pair of basketball shorts when he arrived at Missouri. And eventually, by his junior campaign this past season, well, he was one of the highest usage rate guys in the entire country in the Southeastern Conference. As I, by the way, I sounded alarm bells early in the season about how much Xavier Pinson had the ball. And I was questioning, I'm like, does he have the ball too much? Well, at the end of the day, it seems like in the, in the big grand scheme of things, he did have the ball too much. You look at the advanced stats, his offensive rating, for instance, I'm not going to bother to break this down for you, but it was barely higher than Mark Smith's. And actually, Torrance Watson had a slightly higher offensive rating than Xavier Pinson. And all of the regular players had higher offensive ratings than Xavier Pinson. So he was allowed to control the basketball, take tons of shots on a high major team. And he started, played lots of minutes for the most part. So to me, the idea that Conzo Martin somehow held him down or screwed him or in any way inhibited his career, really, I think it's quite the opposite. I think, if anything, Conzo Martin gave Xavier Pinson a lot of leash for the most part this season, but towards February, March, he started to lose the trust of Conzo Martin to a large extent, and, and frankly, for that, I can't blame him. And when it comes to, oh, he, didn't, he deserves better, well, I got news for all you sycophants on Instagram. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, but it certainly is always greener where it's watered. Think about that one for a minute. But again, if Pinson wants to move on and play pro basketball, I can't blame him whatsoever. But if he really is going to stay in school, play another year in college, 
I'm not really sure that he's going to have a better situation than what he had at Missouri this past year to actually showcase his potential and his skills. And of course, I do want to talk more about Pinson, and yes, that's a bit of a tough pill to swallow if you're a Missouri fan, and also Kim English's hiring at George Mason as well. But you know what, speaking of tough pills to swallow, are you literally not a fan of swallowing pills? Well, here, I've got some good news for you. Our friends at Blue Chew have Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets that are chewable. They're the only ones that I'm aware that are on the market that are chewable. So you are set. If you are the type of person that may benefit from a little bit of extra confidence when it's time to perform, well, you should definitely check out Blue Chew, which combats all forms of ED. And the best part is it's all online. It's a prescription service, no doctor visits, no awkward conversations, no trips to the pharmacy. It all ships directly to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit once again from some extra confidence, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety info. And we've got a special deal deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code locked on at checkout. Just pay five dollars shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code locked on to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. And as you know, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Well, now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. And as they used to say in NBA Jam, tonight's matchup, cookies and cream versus coconut almond. I think You know what? I think I'm going to go with coconut almond because what can I say? I, I'm, I'm a little bit partial to the coconut flavor, any of the coconut varieties, quite honestly. So we'll stick with that one. That's my vote. But by all means, chime in with your vote at BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Built underscore Bar. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who has won tonight's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. And get all the news you need in the world of sports in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And on my show yesterday entitled, The Fire Conzo Crowd Doesn't Get It, well, I took a pretty direct shot at some of the people over at the Mizzou Athletics Facebook group. And by golly, some of them had some pushback on my opinions yesterday. And you know what? God love all you. You are certainly entitled to your opinions. But here's one thing I learned from Colin Cowherd recently, who is in the opinion business. If you're in the opinion business, it's great to put out your opinions. And of course, people are entitled to their opinions. But here's what I'm not going to do. 
I'm not going to keep circling back, as Jen Psaki likes to say, and doing opinions on other people's opinions and then their opinions and opinions and opinions and an unending thing. See, I'm going to have my take, then you can have your take, but I'm done wasting any time having sort of a dialogue with random strangers on the internet about their opinions on my opinions. That's something I'm no longer doing. I promise you, there aren't enough hours in the day. So let me just address everyone on this show who may be taking an I told you so stance toward me right now. After a few hours after I defend quote unquote Conzo Martin while Xavier Pinson decides to enter the transfer portal. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there going, ah ha ha, we told you so. Well, here's the deal. While Xavier entering the transfer portal is certainly disappointing, for me that changes absolutely nothing about what I said about Conzo Martin and most importantly, the actual real-life position that the Missouri Athletic Department finds themselves in the middle in, in the middle of, excuse me. First of all, I've expected that Xavier Pinson wasn't going to be around for a while now. It was almost surprising that he came back for this season based on everything that you read by the people who are closest to the team. So the fact that all these seniors are moving on, Tillman, Mitchell, Drew Smith, Mark, presumably anyway, all these guys are moving on. Should it be a huge huge shock that Xavier Pinson might head out the door with them? I would think not, especially with how that last game in particular played out for Pinson and Conzo Martin. And by the way, since I brought up the media, I have another question to ask the people who want to fire Conzo Martin today, yesterday, anytime, basically, ASAP. My question for you is, if Missouri actually did that, after a program that hasn't won a NCAA tournament game since 2010, they make the tournament and then they pay $6 million to get rid of one of the few black coaches in college basketball, one of the few in high major basketball. Just a simple question. How exactly do you think that would play out in the media? Do you think that they would make Missouri look good in that scenario? Or do you think maybe there would be some 2015 stuff brought back to the forefront again? I'm guessing it's more the latter. Now, I'm the type of guy that wishes the sort of mainstream media narrative was unable to take control of so much, but I'm also a fan of reality. And the reality is there would be a aspect of the sports media that would question Missouri for that. They absolutely would. And considering the contentious, maybe somewhat fragile relationship that Missouri has with, with St. Louis, for instance, I don't think that that would exactly be the greatest thing in the world. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying that the way that sports columnists and commentariats would react to the cons- to potentially getting rid of Conzo Martin is the reason to keep him by any means. I already laid out all my reasons for why Missouri should be standing pat with Conzo Martin in yesterday's episode. My question is, is when did Missouri fans become this entitled because quite honestly the Tigers haven't won a conference title since 1994 it's been 27 years and if it weren't for 
Quinn Snyder's what kind of miracle run to the Elite Eight as a 12 seed when I was a freshman in college, Missouri would really only have the 2009 Elite Eight run under Mike Anderson to hang their hat on in that entire period. So basically my point is if you're under 30 years old, you haven't seen hardly any success of Missouri basketball. So the idea that we just need to play the coaching carousel right now and just hop on that again and just try to hopefully hit hit, hit red 25 and, and win the coaching roulette thing and hopefully we get the right guy, I, I just think that's totally unrealistic. But you're, of course, entitled to disagree with me. But something you couldn't possibly disagree on is that we have a heck of a deal for you over at BetOnline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action, including the NBA, college basketball, NHL. It's all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers award season, TV shows, reality TV, bet on The Bachelor. What the heck? Why, why wouldn't you? That seems like a brilliant idea to me. What could possibly go wrong? So head to betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Yes, that's right, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On once again for your 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Are you ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikma and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on 2021 NFL Draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, quickly, when it comes to Kim English, obviously, I'm excited for the guy, and as is Marcus Denman, he gave him a shout-out on Twitter. I'm sure lots, almost all of his former teammates, I'm sure, are universally excited, and, you know, we as Missouri fans are happy, too, and I've noticed that the fire Conzo Martin crowd that I keep referring to seems to already be wondering if Kim will be ready for the Mizzou job and say a couple years or so and maybe it's more realistic for Missouri to move on from Martin now my first reaction to that is can we actually see him coach a game first can we actually see if Kim English is a good coach or not a good head coach that is because here and here's the deal I think he will be I actually think that Kim is going to be a good coach. So I see what everybody else sees in him. He strikes me as a guy who's not only an intelligent guy, he's really charismatic, seems to be a leader of young men. You know, all of that stuff matters even before you even get to the X's and O's aspect of the game. But Kim's a guy he's talked about how since he was in college, I believe, or very soon after college, as a much younger man than certainly I would have been thinking about this, or most people would, let's put it that way, he was already taking notes, putting it in a binder, for lack of a better word. Maybe he's got a Word document, I don't know. But something where he was marking down like, hey, here's how I would run my basketball program. If I ever get a chance to be a head coach, here are the types 
of of things, of goals that I'll have, the types of offenses that I'll run, the types of defensive principles that I'll have, the types of recruiting strategies, whatever it might be, just all those thoughts have been, he's composed them. So obviously he's been thinking about this for a decade plus. So I really think he's going to succeed. If I had to guess, I think he's going to be a success in the long run. Now, will he be ready for a high major job, especially with the pressure that comes from being a Mizzou alum in, what, a couple, three years or something? That seems a little hard to believe. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think it would probably require at the very least for George Mason and Kim English to make the NCAA tournament and maybe win a game in the next couple years or so. It's going to take a big-time, I think, tournament run to really open people's eyes because as much as I love Kim, let's be honest, he's not Jawan Howard. He doesn't have that type of, of cachet. And I bring up Jawan because obviously he's a guy who a former former member of the Fab Five, former NBA player, one-time All-Star, assistant coach for many years. He's been around LeBron James, all kinds of stuff. But he had no actual head coaching experience, and yet Michigan hired him largely because, well, he's a really, really famous alum. But for as much as Mizzou fans like myself love Kim English, again, he just doesn't have that same type of national cachet that somebody like Jawan Howard is going to have. But I do think it's interesting, though, what Michigan has done with Howard. The fact they brought him in, a guy who you would think, obviously a guy who has plenty of coaching experience, assistant coaching experience, but the fact they brought in Phil Martelli, you know, a longtime head coach to be an assistant with him, maybe, you know, just provide a little bit of, fill in some of the gaps that maybe Jawan has in his game, you know, just... Obviously, that's what you want your assistants to do, right, is to complement your weaknesses. And to be fair to all you Missouri fans out there, including listener Mike Ish, who emailed me just the other day asking basically if it was fair to think about Conzo getting some new assistants. And honestly, when it comes to the assistants, I was just thinking about that the other day. Under all the other previous coaches, I had a pretty good handle of who our assistants were. But under Martin, I can tell you about Cornell Mann, and that's about it. So if Conzo needs some more recruiters under his staff, if he needs to shake some stuff up, I'd be all for it. I certainly am not going to disagree with that notion whatsoever. But in terms of actual costs, opportunity costs, all that stuff, that's also a lot more realistic than get ri- getting rid of the $6 million man, which is Conzo Martin. So with all that being said, I definitely wish Xavier Pence and all the luck in the world on the basketball court, but even more so, I wish him the best in life. And I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.